Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows, uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Eli, we're back. Heat check. Uh, excited about today. We have another head coach uh, who's been killing it this season. Uh, I have a pretty behind-the-scenes look at this program, and uh, it's been awesome to see up close and see the progression of how they've gone through the season. And coach has been so gracious to me to uh, let me ask him a ton of questions. So I'm going to get out of the way for most of this and let Eli do most of it, but uh, we'll have some fun with it. But we have the head coach from – uh, Northern Colorado Bears, Coach Steve Smiley, and uh, awesome story of a guy who's been in junior college, paid his dues, and was a head coach at that level, and then became an assistant, and then uh, now he's a head coach at the Division One level, and he's having tremendous success. His team has as much of a chance to go to the tournament as anybody. I know it's hard for everybody, but you just want to have a chance, and his team is playing meaningful games uh, in February, March, so we're going to bring him in and talk about it. Coach, what up? Hey, how we doing? Good, man. Good to see you both. Good to see you both. Good to see you too. Excited yep. to hang out a little bit, man. We're going to put you in the hot seat. Let's get this thing. Our production team put you in the hot seat. There you are. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do yeah, it. Have some fun. Well, I'll let Eli kick it off. Um, actually, I'll take that back. I'm going to take the first one, and I'm going to give it to Eli for a little bit after that. Coach, just uh, having some fun, right? This team is really good. They've proven they can beat the best of the best in your conference this uh, Big Sky Conference, um, you have a lot of weapons. You've had games you've hit 17 threes and one. You've had games where you've uh, not hit as many threes and ones. You've won a ton of overtime games and comebacks. Just talk about this team and what you love about this team you have. It's funny because there's times, like I told the guys too last night, there's there's times I was joking with them in the locker room and said, man, there's times where I hate this team. <laughs> you know, and I, It's just – and it's just like these guys are such good guys, man. And and they, they drive, you know, any team drives you crazy from time to time uh, in the flow of the game. But, you know, we're a team that, um, one, I think our guys really like being around each other. Uh, it's a fun team to be around. It's a team that, you know, when we kind of, you know, reconfigured the roster, um, it was a team that we knew like last year 
we just couldn't shoot it well enough. And, and, and I'm, you know, from the Jeff Linder uh, school of thought where, you know, shooting is everything and, and you've got to be able to shoot. So I think for us, you know, when, when we brought a couple of these guys in, Drew Cooksouse and Dalton Connect to help out and really be a big part of what we're doing, we, we've really been a, a great offensive team. I think in a lot of metrics, you know, we're probably top 100, top 75. We've str- str- struggled to guard as a team uh, from time to time, and we're still trying to figure that out. What's the best, uh, you know, situation for us defensively? And I think just in our last, our most recent game, the big win at Weber State, I thought we did a great job defensively uh, over the course of 40 minutes. So just now it's a great team. Um, like I said, you know, it's a really good league this year. We got a chance to, to make a run. Um, at the same point in time, we've beaten, you know, some of the best teams in the league in terms of their records and some of the teams that are at kind of the lower end have beaten us, beaten us handily too. So I think it shows, you know, how, how deep our league really is. Um, but two at the same point in time, we've got to continue to find consistency down the stretch run. Steve, I want to start with uh, the game that I'm sure you know what I'm alluding to here. And Brian was on the call for this one. The Southern Utah comeback when Northern Colorado was down 17 with five minutes and change to play. Yeah. And just uh, just ridiculous circumstances to come back from that game. What what did you maybe learn from that? What did your players do to embrace this type of challenge and be able to pull out a win like that? Well, it's funny because it's like it's like kind of as I was joking with this team. That was three different games. We were up 14. <laughs> yes. playing great yeah. we're up 14 we were down 17 so that that that's a 31 point flip that, that's insane so to go up 14 down 17 and then i think the last four minutes or whatever come back and, and outscore them by 22 um to win by five so we went from down 17 to win by five against you know one of the best teams in our league uh preseason favorite really good team and i just think too it what we learned in that game our our second game of the year we were at hawaii in in the uh, in, in the rainbow classic we were up 26 against Hawaii in their gym in the second half with about 10 or 12 minutes to go, something like that. And we almost lost. They stormed back and, and we held on at the very end. And I told the guys in the locker room, said, you got to remember this just in the sense of this could be us. At some We could be down big. And with our firepower, anything can happen. And when we watched that film afterwards, the Southern Utah game, we scored seven points in 32 seconds um, to cut it from like, 15 to eight or something like that. And just, again, we just, again, we're never out of any game. Um, and at the same point in time, you can, you can obviously, uh, you can screw up some leads too. So got to try to learn that stuff, but it just was really fun. Um, what was great about that game, two of our best players, Bodie Hume and Core John Cooch, both fouled out. And so we were playing three guards, Matt Johnson, Zach Block, Drew Cookshausen, Dalen Coons, who's our two, he went to the four, and then Dalton Connect, who plays a three, he went to the five, and we just said, figure it out. <laughs> and the guys did a great job figuring it out, and it was just a lot of fun. We, from that perspective, would you say this is maybe somewhat of a, a player-led type team in terms of leadership and being able to, to gather and be able to bounce back from games like these? It's, it's certainly getting there, and that's something that we, you know, every coach in America talks about that, and, and, and so do we. But, I mean, the player-led idea is a big thing. And I think for us, you know, it, it's a team that, you know, during COVID, we didn't have any summer, fall. So I'm talking about two summers ago. I was the new coach here. And so we had to kind of figure it out on the fly. This year was a little bit more traditional. But of the guys that kind of are playing the most events, those six guys, one thing that we've learned about them, they're pretty quiet, like just on, on a personal level, really shy, introverted dudes. Uh, Dalen Koontz is a pretty quiet dude. Matt Johnson's a pretty quiet dude. And you go down the line, Drew's really quiet. And so when those six guys are playing the majority of the minutes, We've had to have they've had to pull it out of themselves just from a you know vocal standpoint 
because they know what to do, but sometimes just the collective group, they're just not loud guys. And so that's one thing we really try to, you know, do a better job of, and it's gone well. Um, and, and I give the guys all the credit for that. But, uh, no, the, the player-led idea, and just even last night, we were down 10 at Weber um, with nine minutes to go. And those guys, they, they kept finding ways to come back and stay, stay strong. So I, I think we are becoming player-led as time goes on. You mentioned Dalen a little bit, and I think his development has just been – Oh, probably one of the reasons why you're in this position that you're in right now. And I think a lot of people recognize his name from, from when he was with Colorado uh, as a role player. And now he's a guy who's averaging 20 a night. What do you think has gone into maybe his development? What has allowed him to be this special player and be one of the top scorers in this conference and also in the nation? Yeah, no. So, I mean, Dalen's, you know, growth and progression has been amazing. And, and when Dalen transferred to us, you know, we sat down with him and we were into all the stat stuff, you know, the Ken Palm and, and shot qualities and things like that, hoop math. And and so sat down with him. I just showed him what his, what his percentages were. What's a good shot? What's a bad shot? And he's always been the same talented dude. But his first year at Colorado, he was fairly efficient. But then his second year, his efficiency went down. And what really happens is his minutes went down. And for all players, when you, you have a more limited role, what do you do? You, you, you start pressing. Because you're like, man, if I don't make a shot right away, coach can yank me out. And and I really do believe that with Dalen, that his efficiency just went down because he was pressing and pressing. And then it becomes worse and worse because you're not playing good because you're taking bad shots. And then you just don't play as much. And so I think for Dalen, like him really buying in, into what our vision was, and it's just started just from, a, from an offensive standpoint, we want you to have a ratio. And he's like, what? We're like two to one. For every one bad shot, and we'll show you what a bad shot is. For every one bad shot, give us two good shots. Just two. It's got to be two to one. And he, and he bought into it. And he still was He was a lot more efficient last year um, than previous years, but not great. And this year, it's jumped to like three to one or maybe even four to one. He's not taking any bad shots. And I think, you know, the last, this last weekend at Idaho State, at Weber State, he struggled a little bit. He didn't play as well. Because so, there was so much loaded up against him. So now he's got to figure out as well. And he'll share the ball, but it was such aggressive defense against him. It's the next step. But I just think that he's been so coachable. He's such a good kid. He's so fun to be around. And just like, you know, when he transferred, like sometimes when guys transfer from a, you know, from a high major school, you know, it, they have a, they have a, I don't know, an ego to him or whatever. Never had that. You know, he, he came in day one, wanted to be one of the guys. And he played with uh, a couple of our guys, our current guys in, in AAU. So he knew some of the guys coming in. So they really embraced him as well. Guys weren't territorial. Um, and so he's just been a great guy to coach. But I, this summer when we were practicing as a staff, we're like, if he plays like this, he might be the best player in the big sky. And it's just been like that all year long. And so I'm really excited for him. And now, you know, he faced a little bit of adversity, just didn't play as well these last couple of games. And so I actually just sent him a text a little while ago and said, hey, man, I said, you've been almost perfect all year in a lot of things. There's going to be some bumps in the road and, uh, and you just got to embrace it, you know, so he'll, he'll be fine. But he's just he's had a tremendous year. He's shooting it better. All of his percentages are better. But the last thing is I kind of babble on is that he is a gym rat. So he's always in the gym. He's always working on his craft, and, and it's it's really showing. You mentioned just the bumps in the road, and every we're at, we're in a late February at this point. Every single team in the country has gone through at least one or two bumps in the road. I think I mean, before we hopped on here, we talked a little bit about the schedule and playing 
so many games in 10, 12, 14 days. What's this adjustment been like? I know that sure COVID cases are down, but as far as games are getting rescheduled from, uh, from that you know, point in time where we had a lot of these games postponed, what has it been like for you as a staff and the players to rebound and have these Thursday, Saturday, Monday type turnarounds? It's really hard. It's really hard. Um, it's, it's better than not playing. Obviously, you, you know, you want to <laughs> yes. play, but it, it's really hard. You know, just talking to, you know, one of my former bosses, Coach Randy Ray Weaver, uh, before the game last night, and we were talking about the stretch. We, we're in one of those stretches, six, six games in 12 days, I think. And they had one of those earlier, too. And he's like, man, the fatigue that we all felt, it was crazy. And I think we're kind of going through that, too. And just even last night, you win a big Saturday game, and uh, you've been on the road for five days. And, and you know, Jeff Linder, who's – who uh, was here before I worked with for four years and one of my best friends. And we're talking after the game. He's like, I can't believe you have to play in 48 hours. You've been on the road for five days. Uh, you know, the second time in school history that we've actually won at Weber state, huge win. And we got to, we got to gather back up and we got to play in 48 hours against the team that we just played 48 hours ago, <laughs> Idaho state. So it's just, it's just crazy. But again, you know, for the guys you worry about, their their fatigue and injuries and things like that um you worry about academics too just because you know they miss so much time every time a game gets rescheduled in, in our league that's three days of missed class because you're going to travel the day before you're going to play the day of you're, you're going to you're going to fly home the next day because we don't charter so it's three days for every, every rescheduled game but same point in time you want to play so you just got to be it's one of those things too where it's a lot more that that mental to physical right like you got to be mentally tough right now and as I mean, as far as your track record here with Northern Colorado, joining this program at least as head coach during the pandemic, do, do you get a sense like I'm just here coaching during a crazy time? I'm going to make the most of it, or it's just pulling all these parts together and we'll make things work on the fly? Do you do you get that kind of sense with with your role right now? Yeah, I, th I think two things. I think one, what's made it easier for me is that I was here for four years, so just knowing the ins and outs of Northern Colorado, uh, knowing the administration, um, you know. Uh, the roster pretty much already set. All that stuff really helped out. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, one of my assistants, Dorian Green, who does a great job, we were talking in the airport on the way home, and he's like, he, he said something like, it feels like these last two seasons have been like five seasons because they're just, it just keeps going and changing. And oh, now, now we're not playing for 12 days because all these games are canceled, but now we got to play six games in 13 days in two weeks. And you're constantly just having to adjust and modify. And again, I, I think it makes you just in a, in a in a human sense, it just makes you a little bit tougher because you got to adapt, you got to figure it out. But but it has been bizarre to say the least. As far as coaching alongside guys like Randy Ray and Jeff Linder, what are maybe some of the things that you took away from your time being assistants under them and now becoming a head coach and being able to lead a program? Some of the things that you maybe emulated or took on and off the from them that you still apply to now as a head coach? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when I, when I worked for coach Ray, um, I'd been a head coach the previous six seasons. So it was so good for me to get back to an assistant role um, and learn some new things. And I think with coach Ray, like if you just said like, you know, what, what is he really about? I would say two things, toughness, like legitimately tough and then detailed. I mean, he's tough and he's detailed and, you know, he just, it's just one of those things. And, and along with that too, that just like a great human being, like one of the stories about Randy Ray is that, you know, when, when he offered me the job, he said, here's one of the reasons I'll fire you. If I find out that you skip one of your kids games, 
and I have, I have two kids. Mm-hmm. If I find out you skip one of your two kids at games because you're going to sit in the office and act like you're working, he goes, I, I will fire you for that. Like, how many head coaches would tell you that? And it's it just like basically like, hey, here's the job. Get the job done. We can work here. We can work remotely, whatever it is. Obviously, you're just still putting a lot of hours in. But, like, he's always been a family guy first, and he's just a tremendous human being. And I, and I, just, I love him. And um, and so, so then you go to Jeff, same, same things. Really tough dude, uh, really detailed dude, and everyone talks about how great of an offensive mind he is, and they're all right. Like, he's the best I've ever seen. I mean, he he is – I'm just telling you, like, him this year with that team, which shows how good of an offensive mind he is, he can look at his team, and he – like, everyone says, well, they're playing so simple. You can't guard those guys. Yeah. You cannot guard the way that they play because they're perfectly built – but then at the same point, when he, he when he plays different, you know, the year before, the, uh, Marcus Williams, like out here, when we had Jordan Davis and Jonah Radaba and Andre Spite, every year is different because he's the master at looking at, okay, what do we have? And it all starts with shooting. you got to be able to shoot and spacing the floor out. But just going to Jeff, like his detail is unbelievable. And there was an article that's popped out a little while ago about how about his synergy edits and stuff, and it's all true. I mean, he watches more film than anybody. Um, and, and he doesn't watch a lot of college film outside of stuff prepping for his team. He's watching Europe, and he's watching the NBA to some extent. But he knows more about the European game than, than really probably anybody in college. And it's it just he, – he's a step ahead. I think one of the, the parallels as well with Jeff Linder, who we had on this show just recently with the run that Wyoming's been on, yeah. is going from – Small college, maybe small town coaching and just rising up the ranks and continuing on to where you're coaching in NCAA tournaments, multi-bid leagues and, and things like that. And I think your background aligns with that pretty similarly, going from the NAIA JUCO and moving yourself up to a, a very well-respected program in northern Colorado. What are maybe some of the things that you've learned along the way from from coaching uh, at maybe some of the smaller levels of of Division One or yeah. Division Two basketball, and and maybe how has that translated to now being a D one head coach? Well, I think I think the first thing it's like that that frosty Western book, okay, make make the big time where you are, and the big the big time is a big you know Don Meyer thing, who's my you know ult- ultimate mentor, the, you know the late Don Meyer, but you know the big time is not a place, it, it it's a state of mind, and it's how you view things. Mm-hmm. And whether you're, you know, Sheridan College, which I thought that was the best JUCO job in the country. I just thought it was amazing. Um, whether you're at Northern State, whether you're wherever you're at, like you've got it. You've got to look at it and say, this is big time. And if you look at it in that lens, um, you can really do some great things. Now, the other thing at those lower levels, you got to learn to do everything. And I just think that there's so much value. And, you know, you, you use junior college as an example. Uh, and Jeff Linder was a junior college guy at Midland College in Texas as well. When you're at JUCO, you got to do all the stuff. And then for me, what was great, I was the athletic director too. So I learned the ins and outs of the business that way as well, in terms of, you know, promotion, um, raising money, things that you have to do at Northern Colorado. You got to be able to raise money. You got to be able to do all those things. And so I just think that every step of the way, uh, one makes you more grateful for every, you know, for that next step. You know, let's say you, you move up or whatever, it makes you grateful. But when you're at those levels, you learn. And you better be detailed in all those little areas or the program's just not going to run right. So I just, I think it's, yeah, my, my kind of progression was very similar to Jeff's and Jeff and I grew up about, you know, three blocks from each other. And he was my, uh, he was my brother's college roommate. My brother was the quarterback and Jeff was the point guard. And 
And so when I was in high school, um, I would go to my brother's games every Saturday and I would sleep on the floor in, in their dorm room and hang out with those dudes. And then in the summertime, he'd come back. I was a pretty good player and Jeff was really good. And we would just work out at, at the Westminster Rec Center all summer long. And I'll never forget this too. We were working out when I, I went to Northern State and Don Meyer didn't recruit me. The previous coach, who, who was the AD, Bob Olson, recruited me. So when Bob Olson took the AD job, he, he hired Don Meyer. I had no clue who Don Meyer was. So Jeff, again, even at that age, Jeff knew everything about college basketball. He came in and is kind of sarcastic, you know, you know, uh, tone. He's like, do you know who, you're, who you get to play for? I'm like, I don't know this guy at all. He's like, you're playing for one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I had no, but he knew all of it. And it just, oh, it's man. just amazing. But you just, you just get grateful for, for every step in the journey and you just got to embrace it all. What did you maybe take away most or enjoy most about being in an AD role and maybe seeing some of the, maybe not off the court type parts, but kind of the finer details that maybe other coaches might not see. Maybe it's more of a, and maybe it's more of an on-court type of production for a lot of other coaches and not seeing the bigger picture. What what did you think you took away from your time as an athletic director? Yeah, I, I think I think even, you know, I was so lucky to get that job. You know, I think it was like 26 or 27. And really the fact the AD was part of the job is how I got the job because I had a business background and I was able to sell, you know, that I'm not just a coach. I, I, I want to dive into this AD role where all these other coaches are like, oh, I got to be the AD. And, and I think that, you know, what I learned from it is like, it, it's, it's bigger than just your team. And I think I've really learned. And even at, you know, Northern Colorado, like gym space, there, there's gym space issues every now and then like, well, you know, we've got a class here, so we got to do this and this. And I think that we've always done a good job being a team player. And I think that I'm always somewhat compassionate to that because when you're the AD, everyone has issues as head coaches. They all, they all want more, you know, we all want the best for our programs. And so I think that I just really learned how to, how to try to balance that out. Um, and just, and just, again, it, it was a really hard job. And I think if you're not detailed with your time and understanding like, Hey, if I'm just going to, if I'm just coaching, I'll be a terrible AD. What if I'm, if I'm just being an AD, my, my love and my passion is coaching. So I think that the only way to make two full-time jobs work at the same time is you got to be really detailed. So it pushed me at a young age to be extremely detailed. Coach, I'm jumping back in. I'm, I was going to pick your brain on, um, the book, the Don Meyer book that people don't know about the book, but you the uh, mid-major madness wrote a really good article about the yeah. turnaround. Um, so I would twofold this question, the turnaround of you guys getting there as assistants. I think people forget, and we just did a stat, I think just the other day at the Wyoming game when I was working the game where I think when you guys took over, they had won maybe 21 games in two years. And then in year two, you guys won 26 games and set a school record for wins. So talk about that turnaround process. What did you learn in that? And then secondly, about the book that you wrote about your coach. Sure. Well, I think the turnaround, like when I came with Coach Linder, you know, with Jeff, and, you know, he called me when, when, when the job opened up and he was like, hey, I'm really interested in this job, but what do you think? And again, it kind of go, went back to, you know, he's a guy that I think has a pretty small circle of people that he trusts and, and probably respects. And, and um, he was in a great situation at Boise state. I mean, he had his hands on everything. Coach Rice, a great coach. They're winning. They're going to March Madness. I was at Weber. We had just gone to March Madness. We won the big sky that year and, and, and uh, had a great team. Um, and, and really to go 
to Northern Colorado. A lot of people thought, you know, him going to the head job and then me as well. Like, why are you leaving? Like, what are you doing? Cause we were going to go into our, you know, a postseason ban and there was all this, all the stuff that was going on at, at Northern Colorado. But um, I think it just shows, first of all, like how much I believe in Jeff Linder. Cause I was like, I just think this dude's really good. And then two, it was, it was a family uh, decision as well. In the sense of I'm from Colorado, my wife's from Wyoming. And so I got the chance to go back home with two kids and I had not been back in the state of Colorado in about 15 to 18 years, something like that. And so that first year was brutal. And we came in, we didn't know how bad it was. And I think at some point, RAD started thinking like we might get a two year postseason ban, which I think has only happened twice in the, uh, or maybe once. I think Southern Miss got a, a two year ban. And I, I could be wrong, but I think there's only been one or two times, two years back to back bans. And so we were like two years. Um, luckily, it was only one. But that first year, what it what it allowed us to do is to build and recruit the program the right way because there's no pressure to win. And then two, um, we had a lot of guys sitting out that year because those seniors that had red shirts left were like, hey, don't don't let your last year, your senior year be a year you can't play for anything. Sit out. And so we had guys like Tanner Morgan, uh, Anthony Johnson that sat out. And then Andre Spike came in as a, as a sit-out guy too. And, you know, those guys were our scout team, and we knew we were going to be pretty good in year two. Um, just watching those guys every day in scout team. Jordan Davis, that gave him the chance. We only had like seven or eight scholarship guys. So J.D. got to play 35, 40 minutes a game. Jonah Radabaugh was a walk-on at the time that was playing 35, 40 minutes as a walk-on freshman, and we figured out he was really good. And it just – I think it really kind of came together that we went from, I think, that 10-win season – to the 26 wins, which was, I think, the biggest turnaround, you know, year over year in D1 that year. But it just was awesome to see it all come together. And the crazy thing, too, about that is we finished fifth in the Big Sky that year. The Big Sky was really good, finished fifth, um, and there was like five or six really good teams. But we just kind of kept pushing through and, and, and obviously had that great end of the year. So, so that's that one, Brian. But, yeah, the, the book, um, really just what it was was, one, I was living on the border of Mexico in Laredo, Texas. I was getting my MBA. Uh, I was coaching uh, Tarvis Felton, great friend of mine who, who's now at Fresno State. T. Yep. Felton was the head coach at a place yep. called Texas A&M International University. Second year NAI program. Um, I was like a volunteer GA. It wasn't even a real spot, but I decided I, I might want to get into coaching. I did not go, go to school for that. I was, I was doing my MBA in international business. And so Coach Meyer called Tarvis Felton and said, hey, Got this guy, Steve Smiley, he's going to be there. Can you use any help? He's like, I got one part-time assistant. I'll use as much help as I can get. And it goes back to you, your question, Eli, that said, all right, T-Felt, who does the scouts? He's like, you do the scouts. Who's <laughs> <laughs> working out the players? You work them out. And so T-Felt gave even me, you know, once he, you know, got to know me and trust me that I got my hands on that. But the, the book, um, I just, no one ever wrote a book about him. And he had this, you know, he's the winningest coach in NCAA history and all this different stuff. And this is before the accident and the ESPYs and things like that. But I don't know. I just, I just like, I'm going to try this. And I just started putting, you know, pen to paper and, and I knew it wasn't very good, but I started reaching out to former players and coaches and said, Hey, I need you to write a piece. And, you know, guys like Phil Hutchison, who's the AD at Lipscomb now, and is like, he's the all-time leading scorer in college basketball history. When I started getting their stories in, 
from Coach Meyer that I put into that book. Yeah, I was like, now we got something. Now we got all these crazy stories yeah. from all these people from all these eras because it, it's not about me. But all I could do is tell my story, right? So got all these different stories from these people, and it's not a Pulitzer Prize, you know, uh, winning, you know, award winning novel <laughs> or anything, but had a good time doing it, and I wanted to do it right away when I still had a fresh memory of my time there and just kind of threw a dart out there and found a way to get it published and, you know, didn't make millions off it, but it was fun to do. And, and uh, coach was able to read it. And, and the day that I gave it to him, um, I was at Black Hill state. I was recruiting. Uh, it took me about a year and a half. I was recruiting the state B tournament in, in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And I was able to give him the first copy. He got done just before that. Hmm. So I gave it to him and um, I stayed at his house that night. We were broke. So we didn't have any money for recruiting. Black Hills. Yeah. And um, he stayed up that whole night and read the whole thing. Wow. And then, which I didn't know. Like the next day, he's like, So what about like? And so he started talking about all these stories. I'm like, This dude just read the whole damn book. Wow. <laughs> wow. Night. So that, that was Coach Fire, man. So it was, did, it was a great Did he experience. give you any feedback on the book? Did he give you other, other than like trying to clarify stories? Yeah. Like he, he, he doesn't give a lot of compliments. Like, you know, Don Meyer is not a big compliment guy, you know, the, the ratios, you know, the, the one-to-ones, that's not what it was, but no, he, he, he was, you can tell he enjoyed it. We went and spoke at a little, you know, round ball booster thing or whatever. And he basically told all those guys, he's like, Hey, all you guys, you know, get 20 bucks out. You're all buying books from Steve. So I made a little money in that first deal, but he was telling stories and he, he enjoyed it. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Coach. I'm curious. So I first met you, I was an Abilene Christian. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this. Maybe yep. I was an Abilene Christian. I came out to Sheridan to recruit and watch uh, you guys play. I think you played Gillette that night, if I remember correctly. Kind of a rival, if you will. Yep. And um, yeah, I remember it even then, and even more so now that I'm around so much, been able to do broadcast for the home games. So, where does the positive outlook and the positive energy come from? Kind of no matter the situation. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have an intense side and you don't get mad and you don't or you aren't demanding, but the part I see that allowed you to come back in some of those games, especially the Southern Utah game, which I know we already talked about, is like a lot of coaches just lose their minds so much that the yeah. players, they in turn kind of take that on and it puts another weight outside of the score. But it's almost like with you, there's this, I don't know, it's a different flow that the guy's almost like, okay, coach is saying this. Like, let's go do it or at least do our best to. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it's not this extra added, like, we got to do this or else, like, lead by fear kind of factor. It's more of a yeah. this is what you should do because we want to win kind of thing. Well, I think it starts with, like, your roster. Like, our guys, it matters to them, you know. Um, we were in the huddle against Weber State. We start, you know, we, we had a great start. But three times we got to stop and we didn't finish the possession. Loose ball, we didn't get it, they got it missed a rebound and every time they scored and, and I told them, look if you don't fit they're too good they're so good they're going to if you don't finish the possession and even before I started saying it Matt Johnson again he's pretty quiet he lost his mind in the huddle yeah. like we're we're tricking this game away because we're like one percent more and I, I don't know Brian I mean try to you know do, do little different motivational things you know stuff that I I hope's not corny every time like hey is this corny or not but <laughs> And I try not to lose my mind. Um, and I think, too, like, I have a great staff because I can get real negative on the bench, man. And I can, like, start just, you know, self-talk, mumbling around and getting real pissy. And I got a staff of guys that they've been in those trenches, you know, whether it's Corey Fanger, who's won a million games as head coach. 
Houston Reed, who's won a million games. And both those guys left head job to be here. Dorian Green, who's one of the best players in CSU history yeah. uh, and has been a Division One guy at Nebraska. And Furman, he's been around all these great guys. He's been a pro. I got dudes that know what it is, too. Right. And so they we can balance each other out. But I think – I think just, you know, trying to, you know, relate to the guys and just keep that belief going, man. And, and going back to Coach Meyer, like, great quote is, you know, confidence comes from demonstrated ability. Mm. You've got to prove you can do it. Like, I can, I can you know, give all this fake stuff. It doesn't matter until you actually do it. Until you step up to the line, you make that free throw, you got to prove you can do it. So I, I just think that we try to do as much as we can. We try to stay positive. Um and I think too, like for whatever reason, like we just we're not going to give up. You know, we're we're just not going to give up. And and we've had a bunch of games this year where we've come back, and in some pretty dire circumstances, and found a way. And we've lost a couple of games that way too. We, yeah, we've blown a couple of games too. But we just have a lot of guys that have put a lot of time into it, and it just matters to them. And it, that sounds really basic, but you know, the old you know, uh, like it. You know, do you like it? Do you love it? Do you live it? Right? Like. A lot of these college dudes, mm. they think they like it. They think they love it. But then when they get into the grind, especially this time of year, like I know, you know, Jeff talks a lot about like every day, a couple more teams quit every day. a couple, like, And you just can't quit. And if you just keep pushing through. So I just have a lot of guys that, that they don't like it. They don't love it. Like they live it. Like this is, this is what they want to do. And when you have teams like that and players like that it makes our job pretty easy to, to, to keep going. Do you think that that attributes to, you guys' ability to have such a good record on the road? Because a lot of times, you know, normally in conference play, we've all coached. You still coach. Uh, yeah. You talk about win your home games and then steal some on the road. But right. you guys almost have, like, this reverse. Yeah. Not that It's not a philosophy necessarily, but the results are, like, you steal really hard games on the road. And you win – you've won some hard games at home too, but you've also had some that's just like, we're better on the road. I'd rather play this team on the road right now. We – we uh we are six and two on the road in the big sky. That's bizarre. Yes. And that includes that we had the free throws to win it at Idaho state. We, and we missed them, but you know, we were one play away from winning there as well. And, and, and that's, what's amazing that, you know, right now we're six and two on the road and what I think is a really good, tough league. And there's a lot, it's hard to win because the travel's hard. Yep. Um, it's just, it's hard. And I, I don't know. I mean, we, we had years with Jeff as well, where we were better on the road than at home. And you can say, well, you know, we can control it more on the road. You know, we can control, uh, you know, how they eat, you know, take their phones the night before the game. And I just think, too, like kids are so distracted these days, you know, even if they're not getting in, into any trouble, that phone, if you can't take that phone and you can't just face it down, just even the, 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 and, the and leave it alone and leave it alone. Yeah. If you can't turn your ringer off in the middle of the night, that thing's going to ding, 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 and you're not sleeping right. And so we, we take their phones on the road the night before the game. And they don't fight us on that. They get it. Um, and that's something that I, I can't remember if Coach Ray did that. Maybe he did, but Coach Linder did that. And at first I was like, ooh, man, that's – and it, and then like a weekend, I'm like, that's the smartest thing ever if you have the right type of guys yeah. and if they're all about winning. And so I, I think on the road you can control a little bit. I think, too, like our guys, for whatever reason, they kind of get into like, hey, man, it's us It's us against the entire thing. That thing was rock – it was rock and Weaver State. And our guys like – they were so excited to be in that in that atmosphere, and so I I, I don't know, you know the, the 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 flip side is why can't we win at home? <laughs> you know we're we're like four and three at home or something like that in the league, and we, we have to do better on our on our home court. Um, it's, we had three games at home this week. We got to take care of business. So 
You, you, you can always blame them the broadcasting coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad luck, Charm. The good thing is you don't have to play the base guy tournament at home. That is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about that it. Is a good thing. Um, I was going to ask one more, and I'll let Eli end with the funny question. Um, sure. Funny story, so prepare for the funny story. But uh, what's something about Northern Colorado? There's a lot of people that may see this that aren't right in your region, right? There may be people outside of the region. What's something about the program or about the school or about what you guys are building that you would want people to know that maybe that narrative isn't shared enough or they just don't have access to it? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I, I I just think it's a really special place. Um, I, I think it's a place where there's, there's just great people. Um, and again, when you're you know, just even out West, you know, just with the uh, different time change, there's not as much exposure out here. I do think our league going to ESPN plus has really helped out the casual fan just scrolling around the app and clicking and, and watching. But um, I think that, you know, what we're trying to build, we're, you know, we're trying to build consistency. And I think over the last, I've been here six years, and what Jeff started off and what he built was was, was amazing. Uh, you, you look at the last three years he was here, he won about some, maybe 70 games. I mean, it's unbelievable for anywhere in this league, but especially the place that in the past, you know, Northern Colorado has only been Division One for 17 years. So we're still kind of in our young phase of, of figuring out what Division One is. But I just think that, Special place. Um, and I think too that, you know, I, I think we have we have special people, um, and, and not just our team, but you look at our administration, our trainers, strength coaches. It, it, it it's a it's a full organization of people that are really trying to make a special student athlete experience. So I think that's been one thing that, and I'll tell you this too, when we came here, and it was a mess, and a lot of players, let's just say they left, but. Nobody ever wanted to leave. And right away, Jeff and I both said, why does everyone like it here so much? And it took us a while to figure that out. But I think the way people are treated, I think, you know, our campus is awesome. It's a perfect size campus. The way they live when they're freshmen, really, really nice dorms. Right. I mean, all that little stuff. But people don't want to leave, you know, because I think they're really comfortable here. And, and Colorado is a great place, obviously. And, and that sells itself, too. And just the growth in, in northern Colorado with us and Fort Collins and it's just, it's just, it's, it's a place where there's a lot going on. Yeah, well said, Coach. All right, Eli, you got to close it. I got to bring, bring in the closer. Here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So every interview we have on here, we like to end it on a, a lighthearted note with a, a funny story or a funny memory, whether it be coaching or family or travel on the road or maybe a Jeff Linder story. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of those. So. Uh, if you have a if you have a funny story or a memorable moment of such uh, during your during your time as a coach or even playing career, uh, we'd love to hear it. I will buy. I'll buy you some time. I got. So one. You put me on the spot, man. I got a million <laughs> funny stories. I got. I got, I got, I got, I got let me think about it for just I got, a second. I got, one, I got one more question, so you can think in the back of your head while you're answering. <laughs> How fun is it to be able to see your friends that you grow up in this business with? doing their thing. I mean, I, I usually ask that question. I forgot to ask it, but yeah. Linder, obviously you work with, uh, I won't say for Deweese you work with, he gets kicked out. Linder gets kicked out. Now Deweese is coaching the game. So I know you got to give him sex <laughs> oh, yeah. that game, had to do that. Um, I don't know all the people you're close to, but obviously you work with coach Ray and uh, other guys that you've kind of come up in the business with most of the guys that as you were rising are now in their respective positions. So what is that like uh, for you? It's a great question, you know, and it's and I think with that, it's, it's you're right. And just like with the Wyoming example, 
you know, like Deweese, I text him afterwards. I was like, man, I thought you were going to screw that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and then, of course, I was like, yeah, re re really hard coach now. When give the ball to Hunter, give the ball to Graham, right? But, right. but right. Uh, no, he did a great job. And just, you know, and then, and then Sundance Wicks, you know, yeah. Sundance is my son's godfather. Sundance is my uh, college roommate. We're best friends. I and so we lived together for five years and, and uh, yeah, he, he's my, he's, he's my child's godfather. That, so, oh, that's awesome. you know, you watch your success. I'll tell you the flip side too is, is it, it rips your heart out when your other friends aren't, aren't doing well. You know, I got, I got, a, I got one of my former bosses that he's having a really rough year this year and it just kills you. You look at that dang ticker and you're like, come on, man, like find a way. It, Cause you just know how much, you know, how, how hard, it's it's hard it is. No, it's hard. So hard, you know, and people don't understand how, how hard it is. But yeah, but it, it is fun to see people kind of rise through it and and uh, and and do well and and obviously the Wyoming staff's a real good example of that one. But yeah, I mean Dewey's did a great job in that deal and Sundance and it just it's just really fun to see. But I'm really Eli. That's a great question. I'm, I'm staring <laughs> at my random walls if I can get any funny stories. Um, the, there's a million Jeff Linder ones. I don't know if they're appropriate or not appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's, that's the trickiest part for everybody is finding which one's actually appropriate. <laughs> yeah, which ones are appropriate. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think here. And, and I got a staff. I got a bunch of clowns on my staff. Like, like my guys are uh, – they're, they're funny dudes now. They're funny dudes. Um, shoot, man, I wish, I wish I could – let me think of this real quick. Let me think of this real quick. And I'll even go back to the Randy Ray days. I got a story for you. All right, so – we're, we're, we're in the running to win the championship. This is at Weber? At Weber. Okay. And uh, and so, I, you know, I'm the new assistant. And and um, so. Who was the staff player, when, you, when you were at Weber, Coach? Who was that? Randy Ray. Who was the rest yeah, of the staff? Eric Duff, who's still the associate head coach there. He's been with Randy Ray forever. Awesome dude. And then myself and Garrett Lever. Yeah. Uh, Matt Lever's son, who's one of my he best friends. There, right? Yep. Now, yep. when well, he played in Seattle. Okay. Yeah, he, that's he, what I meant. Yep, he played yeah. in Seattle. Um, and then David Motes, who's now the ops guy at Boise State. Yes. So we have, we're having a good year. Joel Ballenboy gets hurt two weeks before Texas the guy. Texas guy. <laughs> yeah, NBA draft pick, man. I think he's the he, he's probably the the last big sky draft pick in the last whatever six eight years. I think. Yeah, Utah Un Jazz, right? What's that? Utah Jazz, right? Yep. Got drafted by the Jazz, three year contract, the whole thing. Plays for uh, Jessica Moscow now and uh, Euro League. He's won a couple of Euro League championships. Anyways, he gets hurt. So we got to beat Montana, Montana State at our place. Um, we beat Montana State. And then Montana, who was really good that year, it was us and them. We had to beat him without our NBA guy. And somehow we beat him. So now there's one week left. We go to Idaho and Eastern Washington. If we sweep the weekend, we're going to win it all. We go to Idaho, and they were really good that year. And, and they beat us. So now it comes down to we're at Eastern Washington. Um, and Montana, it was us, us or them. Montana's at home against Northern Colorado, who that year was just okay, like the eighth seed or whatever. <clears throat> so we're playing the game. It's my scout. Okay. It's senior out of Eastern Washington. They've played the same seven, eight dudes all year. Yeah. They played basic man. So I put my scout up. We write on the wall and all this stuff, all the all the Randy Ray detail. <laughs> we go out, warm-ups, whatever. And then they give the starting lineups. And they not only they don't just shuffle the lineup. They put five new guys in. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. They're not even on the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> and that's co – Coach, like, that's not good. So I'm looking <laughs> at it. I'm looking through season box scores. I'm like, what is going on? 
<laughs> like, like, coach Ray, you know, you have about two minutes to explain the situation, right? I go, coach. Right. None of these dudes have played. So he's like, you know, and he's like, what, what are you talking? Like, who are these guys? So I ride them up real quick. So we get through that. <laughs> and they press us the entire, they, they've never done anything other than just man to man. And they're running and jumping and it's just nuts. And we're down about four at halftime. And it's just, it's, it's a complete disaster. <laughs> right? So we're down. Uh, Montana played Northern Colorado about an hour earlier. So we're sitting there, you know, the assistants, we're all demoralized, right? You know, we're letting Coach Race, you know, stew for a couple minutes. <laughs> so it's me and Eric and, and uh, Garrett Lever and David Motes, Red, who's now getting the ops guy at Boise. Yeah, yeah. He walks in, he goes, Montana just lost. And we're like, and it was at Montana. They never lose there never. to Northern Colorado, which was like the ninth best team. We're like, no, they didn't. He goes, no, no, no. They lost. I'm like, we need video evidence. Yeah. He runs out. He grabs his phone. He shows us they they actually lost on the last second shot. So then we have to we have to default to, to Eric Duff. You know, associate. All right, we call him social problems. All right, his, his nickname's Grizz. Right. So, hey, Grizz, are we telling Coach Ray that we just won the title, or what are we doing? He's like, Coach Ray, come here, come here. <laughs> Coach Ray comes over there, and he's just all over the place. Right. He goes, hey. We just won the title. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, we just won the title. Montana lost. So we're like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> we walk in. And then you got to decide, do you tell your guys or not? Right. And we said, screw it. Let's tell the guys. Because it was just, a, it, was, it was a mess. The scout was irrelevant. They're pressing. It's, just a, it's the most random game of our lives. He goes in there, tells the guys, hey, calm down. We already won the title. So our guys look around, they go nuts. We go out there and we just roll. And we go out there and, and again, with all the pressure on the line, you build the whole season to win a title. Right. Right. We go out there, we get it. This is on the road. We win in, in Cheney and get it done. And I'm telling you, like, I never before the game was so stressed out. I mean, you put your whole life into this. In oh, two yeah. minutes before you got to put the starting lineups up, the whole world caves in the biggest game of the year. So I don't know, it's a funny story. Oh, oh man, PTSD on that one. So that that that's what you got, Eli. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's one. fantastic. That was good. That's unbelievable. Be better than I thought. And the thing about that is too, you were actually down. Usually, when they try those oh. games, it doesn't work. But but it probably made your guys so stressed and everybody's so stressed on it that it made you like way more tense. And and we were we were a set team. Like every time down, we played slow. Oh, if we, that's and we were set. Why did it? Yeah. And so I had the fake set of cards. And Eric Duff had the real set of cards. So we put – because everyone would, would read the cards. And, you know, there was like a big gif in, in March Madness. Like, what is this, football? We had like 24 left, this, that. Right, and, right, right. And so, we, you know, we had a fake set and real set of cards. And so they just blew it all up. And so we're just going to run around and play crazy. It was a great strategy. And uh, we just – we finally settled in and took care of business. But that halftime, before Red Moats came up with that phone, proved to us that we won it. <laughs> We went from demoralized to like it was the craziest flip I've ever been a part of. <laughs> red, red most for the MVP for the win. No question <laughs> for the win. Wow. Uh, well, coach, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Obviously, uh, I get to see you pretty weekly, which is a blessing for me. And enjoy watching you coach and enjoy this team. You got a really good squad and excited to see what you guys continue to do. And you've done a great job with them, you and the staff. And good luck with the schedule that's been really crazy. I think it's kind of understated. Uh, so definitely hoping you guys can 
power through and stay healthy and just keep yep. playing some great ball, man. Just just one day at a time. But no, I appreciate both you guys and, and just just you know shining that spotlight on college basketball, man. There's just so many great teams and stories, and and it's you know a lot of teams kind of get lost in the shuffle if it weren't for guys like you that, that that get the word out and on on all these programs. So we appreciate what you guys do. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you, coach. You appreciate it. Hey, good luck tomorrow. All right, we'll we'll take care. See you guys. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, another awesome one. We love when we have had coaches on. Uh, one of the best, hands down. Uh, I'm biased. I don't care. I'm also truthful, though. Biased, but yet speaking facts. So in that, we'll let Eli break down this team and a little bit of the interview. Yeah, I, I got I got busy digging on the uh, the box score that, that yeah. uh, Steve shared with us. <laughs> uh, but, but, man, it was a, a really great guest, Steve, obviously, in, in year two has done a great job with this program and the offense has been electric as, as he alluded to a team that can really put up points on the board. And that's just such a, such an exciting brand of basketball to watch them then play at this level. And just seeing 17 point comeback with five minutes to go. Some of the comebacks that this team has been on, it's a team that you just can't count out. And I think the big sky is so wide open and, and Brian, you know, this as well as anyone, but there's probably five or six legit contenders uh, during the conference tournament uh, when, once we get there. And I think that Northern Colorado is definitely in, in consideration and in contention for that bid. But that's what makes these next handful of weeks so important because we have, and counting five teams that are separated by just three games at the top of this league, with Northern Colorado being one of them. So they could wind up being as high as a one seed. Maybe they could wind up being a six seed. Just you don't know, but playing these schedules when you're doing six games in you know two weeks or or you know seven games in like 18 days, it's it's a it's a grind. But I think the teams that are really shining right now are ones like Northern Colorado that are able to lock in. Uh, they've won now five of six games and they've really bounced back from. I mean, they, they had a non D one loss early in the year. They had uh, multiple three game winning streaks and have had just crazy games that have been last second or one possession, two possession. So it's a team that's it's led by Dalen Koontz. Colorado transfer has been phenomenal this year, but a really great supporting cast that can put up points. And obviously that's a, it's going to make Northern Colorado a really tough out. And this program's definitely on the uptick right now. So it's been, it's been entertaining to watch. Entertaining to watch. I've been able to watch it firsthand. And um, yeah, I think this team has all the ingredients. They have the uh, upperclassmen, they have the shooting, they have the playmaking, uh, the shooting being a big one. They, they're proving that they have the grit now. Uh, I think the adversity that they've overcome through the season has allowed them to, you know, just kind of show a different side of themselves. So, um, yeah, I think it's been really cool to see how they've been able to win on the road. I think also says a lot about this team and how gritty they actually are. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously biased again uh, for rightfully so. I see them. For majority of their home games on the ESPN Plus broadcast, fortunate to be able to do that. And, yeah, I think in this league you have probably about four or five teams that have played head and shoulders above everyone else. But I think there's also the other teams have shown that they can beat the other teams uh, that are head and shoulders above. So that's the beauty of March. That's the beauty of the tournament. Um, I do think with Dalen Coons playing as an MVP of the league, level caliber play he leads the league in scoring i think he scored over 20 points majority of those games uh he's shooting a super high clip from the field he gets to the line uh and then matt johnson i think is kind of the key 
in my opinion, when he plays really well, uh, I think he's kind of the second import, most important player. Most of the games that they've had uh, in clutch moments, he makes some big plays. And then they have a cast. I mean, Bodie Hume is the first-team all guy, all-conference guy who's – you know, I think he's just doing a little bit of everything. I think people maybe expected him to add on to the 15 points per game that he had last year, but uh, I think he's doing a little bit of everything. He's made huge – he's had huge offensive games. Uh, but he's also had huge blocks, steals, deflections, uh, plays that don't kind of go as noticed because you you kind of expect him to score. Uh, Cookshausen is a special sniper of a weapon from three. Uh, I think the big big man, Jean Cooch, is one of the best bigs in the league, definitely on the defensive side, but really all around. Uh, and then they kind of have, you know, again, some other guys that just step in. And, uh, he talked about Dalton Connect a little bit, just a versatile guy who does a little bit of everything. Uh, he's made some huge clutch plays. He's kind of a, another version of Bodie Hume, if you will. They have some lineups that they can do where they can play both of those guys at four and five and go with a bunch of guards. Um, yeah, and then, then some of their role players off the bench have also played well. So, yeah, excited for what this team can do. Uh, I think with all these teams in college basketball, you feel like anybody can uh, make a run, but you just want to have a chance. I think he said it best before the last game. I mean, you want to be playing for meaning, meaningful games this time of year, and they are, and they're beating – they've beat every team that's in the top five of the standings, uh, which I think just shows their capability. They are as good as anyone on their best night, and they've proven it consistently. So excited to see what they do. Appreciate Coach for jumping on, and uh, he's awesome. Always love the JUCO dudes when they can come on, and uh, they just have a different sense of – uh, paying their dues so uh, I'm biased again on that but he's been great he's a tremendous coach in person and <clears throat> most people that have sat in that seat have eventually been fortunate to move on and I'm not speaking that to anything negative to Northern Colorado but when you're good at that level usually that's what happens so um, yeah excited for them excited for him appreciate him jumping on and you know where to find us heat check excited to be on here again with my man Eli the best of the best uh, heat check CBB. You know where to find the website. If you don't, it's heatcheckcbb.com uh, for all the coverage from coast to coast, really, uh, and all the hot stories and the not stories. He's got them all. They had them all. The team. And then uh, obviously, All Access Network, pretty easy to find us YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or just social media. All right. Been real. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy. <laughs>